Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is October 18th, 2011. Wow, what a week. What's going on all over the country with Occupy Wall Street and Occupy LA? I went down there a couple of times. Um, I know we have bloggers from all over the country wondering if anybody else has gotten out there to see their Occupy uh, Phoenix or Occupy Boston. A lot of stuff going on. Boy, there was some amazing guy uh, that was a military guy. Uh, I think it's Corporal or Sergeant Thomas. um, Wow, something else. But uh, I posted him up on Stinkin' Thinkin'. I want to thank Ilse and Mark for just putting it up there really quick for me. It's been kind of a a busy, busy day. Got some emails that, um, you know, are just really, really sad. And it, it's interesting because one of the emails uh, that I got today uh, is, first of all, I want to tell everybody you can call in at 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. And uh, I don't have any co-host on, so maybe somebody's going to call in. So uh, what I wanted to talk about uh, was what are the alternatives that are working for you, things that many people have come from a 12-step program, AA or NA, and then there's there's many people who it didn't work for, and then, uh, you know, they um, tried all these other ways. And so... Uh, oh, I was speaking to somebody today about she knows she's a realtor and she knows what I'm doing and the documentary that I'm making. And she said that um, she knew a police officer that committed suicide because uh, they were sentenced to AA. And we all know how really deadly, deadly that can be. And uh, I, I got an email, and we all know that was there was about that as well, but there was also um, a suicide down in San Diego. Uh, I believe it was 
couple weeks ago, and uh, that was also. Um, well, let's see when the date was. That was September 23rd. Yeah, and so it was just a little bit less than a month ago, uh, with this officer down in San Diego, and uh, really, really sorry to hear about Officer Hall down there. What had happened? Uh, we got guests in the chat room. Welcome, and I'll say hi to you in there. Um, yeah, uh, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, it's you know, they can't send somebody, but we know that it's happening. Uh, rulings from across the nation since 1996 have, have established that requiring a parole to attend religious-based treatment programs violates the First Amendment, the court said. Um, and this is an article I'm reading from uh, that states that uh, they don't want to denigrate the work of AA or NA, but um, they cannot be coerced by the state. And this could bring us to what's going on all over the country. And I, I really encourage everybody who's listening here to go on to Occupy Wall Street and find what's going on in your town and just go on down there because, you know, everybody's really, really angry. And what's happening is that this is a really healthy use of – I mean, a lot of us are pissed off for more than one reason, and you have a lot of people pissed off on orange papers and stinking thinking and stop 13, step in AA, and except for blog. But where's the voice? Like, where are the people marching? And I went down to my Occupy LA three times now. And what happened is that there's a lot of like-minded people, and I wrote a whole list of what I had a problem with uh, from, you know, the upper 1% not being taxed enough and what the banks did and the war, the non-war. I like to call it the non-war in Afghanistan and Iraq. And there were people with lists, and, like, I was in complete agreement with all of these things that were on all of these signs. In fact, then I got other ideas, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. And so people could even pick it. They could say, occupy 12-step. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Outside all the people, all the families of people who have committed suicide, who were members of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, could go occupy their biggest meeting with a sign and a group of people and say uh, the truth needs to be told and uh, or somebody who was sent there by a judge who knows darn well that it's actually illegal. So it's a First Amendment right. No, religious. Relig sorry, it's not the First Amendment right. But um, we do know that our civil rights are being broken when somebody, hi there, Sue, when somebody is being sexually harassed, that uh, that's against our civil rights. So uh, I just want to encourage you to go onto YouTube, and I, I can't remember his name now, but um, is it Shamar Thomas? I think it is. And oh my God, what an incredible five-minute video. I think I'll put it up on uh, my blog after the radio show is over. So what are some of the things that work you know, sometimes we rant here, and I rant. I want hi there. We got some guests logging in now. Uh, welcome if you just joined us onto the show. Uh, I'm Monica, and I'd love anybody to call in, uh, even if you want to just call in and talk for a couple minutes. I did a last-minute email just saying I want people to tell me what 
has been working for them since they left. Uh, there are those of us that were uh, sober in, in the rooms or in, you know for years and and then left and uh, are happy to be free. I'm really happy to be free. Uh, there's a woman writing a book. I was talking to her this morning and. You know, I just, in fact, the last few months that I went, um, it's really, really depressing because the literature just makes me sick. It really, really makes me sick. Um, the call-in number is 818-475-9211. It's 818-475-9211. So one of the the biggest, I'm reading, a, I'm reading a new book right now, and I love, 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 love this book. And this, I've had Hank on twice, but we're going to wait till I read more of it to have him back on. And he has a hard time with this time back in, he's on the East Coast. But anyway, it's called You've Been Lied To, The Untold Truth About Mainstream Alcohol and Addiction Treatment Programs and the Secrets on How to Eliminate the Problem for Good. Boy, that's a mouthful. But I can see why, you know, you wanted to get it all in there. Uh, by Hank Hayes, and it's on track and beyond is his website. So, you know, I am just in the um, beginning of it, and I want to read it kind of slowly like I did Amy Lee Coy's book from Death Do I Part because I'm really savoring it, like I'm like reading and absorbing it. And I turned one page last night, and I laughed out loud, and he's got this picture of a bunch of, you know, faces, just like these masses with this, kind of stare, this kind of like blank stare um, over their face uh, as, you know, people read the literature. And um, he he says here, um, he's talking about the, the documents that are read at every meeting. These documents are the preamble, the tenets, and the musts of the program. Often these documents are read by all the people in the meeting room. Usually they are read in a monotone, robotic cadence. Looking around these rooms, I notice after months and years of doing this, you almost look like you're in a trance-like state. Like anything else you've read, memorized, or heard a million times, you don't even realize what you're speaking anymore. You're just saying it. All the while, little do we know that we're actually programming these words into our subconscious mind, becoming one of them, one with them. After months of my observations, Hank says, more than a few things didn't add up for me, but I really couldn't say much about it and chose not to. Um, and so, you know, what I, this happened for me, did it happen for you, that once I sort of had the rose-colored glasses ripped off, which was, you know, getting a letter from uh, Paul and reading the, the letter that he wrote to the general service and then going on to orange papers and then, reading that for weeks and then going to stinking thinking that I would sit and listen to the literature and I was really embarrassed that I was had ever spoke at a meeting and I did speak about three years ago at a meeting in West Hollywood. It was a big meeting and lots of there were a lot of nice people there. You know, everybody is in a creep and they get they ask you questions and I feel like I need to go back there and say, you know guys I was here about three years ago, and I was the speaker, or two years ago. And you asked me questions like, you know, uh, th- there were just questions like that now I would say I'm not powerless. I was never powerless. Um, that 
this literature is ridiculous and that I am not like a, man, a woman who has lost her legs, um, that they never grow new ones. Like, what a stupid saying. Like, what kind of, you know, demeaning, uh, belittling statements. You know, we are, uh, some of the other lines, I'm sure uh, that our guests out there, you know, can think of them. Uh, but, you know, in reading this book, this book by Hank Hayes, I... I'm just so happy that we have another person, you know, on board here that has brought another another book, um, another book that he has sort of a plan too. It's not just, um, well, it's not just him telling a story. He's telling you what what he he's created another paradigm, and God knows. Like we seriously need another paradigm, okay, so the whole world knows um from death to I part, how I freed myself from addiction by Amy Lee Coy, hey there, Amy, if you're listening eventually later sometime um there was a forward by Dr. Stanton Peel, and he wrote the he's the author of Love and Addiction and Seven Tools to Beat Addiction. I love uh how to addiction proof your child by him. Uh, you know, in Amy's book, I read also the same way. Uh, if you haven't read that, it's a great book um, of how she did it after 20 years in and out of the program. She finally uh, did it her way by reading a book. She read. She read I means by, by. I'm sorry. By by writing um, this book, she realized that it had to do more with self care and being kind to herself, uh, each chapter she has a quote. Um, it says here, regret, chapter 27, if I had only known I would have been a locksmith by Albert Einstein. Um, she quotes George Eliot, and she quotes singers, um, Frank Sinatra. And, um, you know, it's these are these are just people who were in so much pain that uh, and AA wasn't working. And again, this brings me back to people like my brother-in-law, Brian, or um, like the email I got. Uh, I opened my Gmail today and got an email about somebody whose sister um, committed suicide. And then my a realtor friend who then told me that a police officer up in Point Jimenez, uh, killed themselves, and she actually prevented another one from doing it because they were sentenced to Alcoholics Anonymous. She writes, I've been reading Amy's book slowly also. Some great advice in it. I can relate to so much of it. However, I could read it quicker if I stayed off the blog. <laughs> you know, I think that there's a cycle to the blog writing I don't know how Ilse does it, but um, oh, we have a caller in the line here. I'm going to take the call, but I think there is. I'm going to bring the caller on in a second. I just want to finish this thought that I do think that when you're getting ready to leave, and when you leave, that there is support that's needed, and there probably could be, like Hank said, like a, we could do a hotline, um, a phone number that people could call to talk to people. I think that's a great idea, Hank. Um, and uh, I blogged a lot. You know, I'm blogging a little bit less 
because I'm really trying to balance my life. And um, I'm going to just see who's on the line here. Hi, caller. You're on the line. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Monica. Steve. Oh, hi, Steve. How you doing? Good. I didn't know you were putting me on. All right. Um, you, can you talk now, or are you in a coffee shop in Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, I just got off the train outside Grand Central. Um, oh wow! I haven't even been listening. I just. I'm sorry. Uh, I. Um, no. Uh, so what were you, you were talking about? What? How? Like when you get out? How to get out of twelve steps? Is that the idea? Well, you know, I, I just put the you know the title up to what is working for you. That's you know alternative to twelve step, and then. I got a couple of things that happened. Sorry, you know, like um, I got an email, and then I was talking to a realtor like about two hours ago, and she said that a officer uh-huh. killed himself up in um, Point Humane because he was sentenced, or she, I don't, actually I don't know was it he or she, and then we talked about, I mean, that's like right today, and then I got home and there was this really sad email um, from a blogger, and uh, so, you know, I mean, I was just, Kind of talking about, I was reading a little bit from talking about Amy Lee Coy's book and Hank Hayes's book about the droning on and on, you know, of the literature in this kind of state where people listen and they're not even really listening to Chapter Five. I mean, as I'm just covering what I talked about. So, um, are you yeah. heading down to Occupy Wall Street? Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, I, no, definitely not heading down there. Um, I like to play backgammon down there. They're occupying where I like to play backgammon. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I guess you can be, um, they're still playing backgammon, aren't they? <laughs> no, they're not. They moved out of there. Nobody's playing backgammon down there now. All the people are living down there for how long has it been? A month? I oh, I think so. Yeah, I hope I get, to, I'm, I'm, if I go to Boston for my film, I, uh, I'm going to go down and check out Occupy Boston, so. Oh, all right. That should be exciting. Yeah, um, you know, we got to try to take some of the activism that I am doing here, and I can go down there and be with other people that are mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. And then I can come back to the this other activism and learn and bring what I'm learning from them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, Amy Lee Coy, she was kind of like mad as hell and not going to take it anymore, right? Is that yeah. that was sort of the idea with her, uh, well, with AA? Um, well, 20 years of in and out of it and, and, and brought to a rehab when she was 14 and dropped off. You know, yeah. like, yeah, she, she really, uh, you know, is sort of adamant of how she feels about rehab, and I don't blame her. And I I do think that I mean some of the activism that we've done, um, like the petition. And thank yeah. you for signing it. You know the petition um, can really be a beginning where you know you we let all of our you know officials know. You know it's like what they were saying. You know in downtown LA, it's like they work for us. Like they've all forgotten that they work for us. Like they're supposed to be public servants. Yeah. And it's well, the same way even in New York. It's like, okay, well, if the a if a the groups run AA, then we should tell them what how to act in New York, shouldn't we? Right? You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a fundamental problem um, with 
the whole rehab and recovery culture, which is that there's a controlling nature to it. So they don't work for you. You work for them. They tell you you have to be abstinent. They tell you you have to go to a meeting every day. The dynamic is inherently controlling. And um, I so when I say, you know, trying to change AA and, and change rehab, um, I don't think it's ever going to happen because they have that fundamental belief that, that um, you know, somebody with a substance use problem is unable to control themselves, so they need to be controlled. Um, and I think there's a number of people that are in AA that, and, and the rehab culture that they like to be controlled, and those people will be happy there. Um, and then there's a great number of people there that like to control others, mm-hmm. you know, and they become the power sponsors. And yeah. um, they're always going to like it there. And then there's mm-hmm. a lot of other people, they, they just want to live their lives. And they get into this whole system and it sends them on a roller coaster. Um, and It's killing, uh, it's killing people, that? Steve. Like we're seeing about the suicides, the talk about this, though, it's really... You know, okay, so we went from 13-stepping, or I did, right, you know, to yeah. on to rape and then the murders last fall and then, you know, Ilse and Mark collecting all, and anti-denial collecting, and me, like all the stories of this crazy stuff. Uh, and then now the suicide uh, stories of what if you had every family member you know, sign a petition, or if you know, if we could click on a button, do you know you have a family member that killed themselves that was in treatment or 12-step, and it wasn't working, and so they felt so shitty about themselves that that's what they, you know, predicted. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <clears throat> um, so, I'm sorry. I'm 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 going in another direction. You were saying you want to have something. You want to like organize even more stories, that's what you're saying, and get more information out there uh, to get the people to speak up who've been hurt. Is that what you're saying right now? Well, I mean, I think that that came in today. It's sort of like, you know, when I open my email box and I have a very personal story, which I get them at least a couple of times a week that are very serious stories. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I get it and I read it and I think, okay, how can this person really have a bigger voice? Is it a lawsuit? You know, is it contacting the state attorney general's office? Is it contacting the Better Business Bureau? Is it filing a lawsuit against the rehab? You know, is it, you know, suing Alcoholics Anonymous? What is it that's going to wake them up? Because I do think that we're at it. We're, we, we are at a vortex. And I was saying this before, like, the Occupy stuff started happening all over. The, now it's happening all over the world. But when Hank Hayes came on, and, I, and he sent me his book last week, so when I had the book in my hand and what he believes and what he's doing, the tides have changed. So you better get that book out, Steve. You writing your book too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, working on, I'm working on a little free e-book that I'm going to give away on my site because uh, I won't be selling anything. Uh, I, I won't really be selling a book. Um, so, cause I'm, I'm working with St. Jude's now. And so I'm pushing that program. 
Oh, you uh, are. I, yeah, He's I just started working with them. Word that? No. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. I think it's a great program. It is, you know, it helps me to turn my life around. So I don't feel yes, bad about pushing it. Right. Okay. So everybody <laughs> who's going to listen to this. So right now I have on the phone, this is Stephen Slate. Thank you for calling in, Stephen. So Stephen Slate has his own website, and it's called The Clean Slate. And are you still going to do your um, your privates, or are you going to just work for uh, St. Jude's? I'm just working with St. Jude's right now. I've got a whole bunch of students that I'm teaching that class, that uh, curriculum to now, and I'm getting a great response on it, and it's a billion times better than it was when I was there and when I did it. And the real, you know, we're going with um, a completely non-controlling, non-confrontational, non-judgmental approach, mm-hmm. and we're really, really just throwing it into people's court that this is a choice, it's a pretty simple thing, one concept that we're working off of that I think is really cool is um, is is that um, um, that there's a culture that the idea you know I've always been working off of this you know sort of you improve your life and um, and the desire to really you know obliterate yourself with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. is naturally going to leave. Um, we yeah. are taking it a little further. I mean, I still fully believe that. But we want to break that connection at all, like totally. And I think, you know, it's close to what Trimpy uh, sort of believes. You know, he's so, he breaks it down so much. It's just the choice. He could be abstinent, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and he really thinks, this life improvement stuff is nonsense. Um, we don't think it's nonsense. But, um, oh, well, I mean, that's what I read off Trimpy anyways. Uh, maybe right. it's, maybe my interpretation is a little bit wrong. I don't know. But, um, you know, we're really trying to say to people, well, like, there's cultures, there's people all over the world that they have a bad day. Not only do they have a bad day, they have a horrible life. And they don't stick a needle in their arm. And they don't drink. They cope in an entirely different way. They deal with it totally differently. And it's kind of like a uniquely Western idea that, oh, I'm drinking because I, you know, because my life sucks. Um, Right. And that's how I felt. And, uh, you know, we're trying to break that. Right now we're working on something. We're we're looking at all the different cultures Mm -hmm. around the world, in particular, uh, my colleague, uh, Mark Sheeran, who, who really writes most of the content there at St. Jude's, he's mm-hmm. doing a cultural study, and he's looking at this guy, David Hansen, who wrote an incredible book about drinking all over the world. And, and you know, yeah, there's, you look at the majority of the world, most people don't even drink at all. You know, mm-hmm. when you really, really break it down, you have a lot of, like, Muslims don't drink at all. And that's billions of people. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Is St. Jude's in upstate New York? Yeah. Yeah, St. Jude's is in upstate New York. So we're trying to break down that idea currently and and trying to teach people that, you know, it's one way of looking at things, that if I improve my life, I'm not going to want to drink anymore. Sure. But you also don't want to be in a state where as soon as things are going wrong, you drink. 
you know? So we're trying to sort of break that connection and really, really just keep it that, that drinking or drugging is a choice. It's one way of doing things. Right. And, um, you know, there's plenty of other ways to um, deal with your life and live your life. Another thing we're another real, really cool concept is just this idea that what worked for you at, say, 25 years old, or, or let's take a really concrete example. What worked for you at 21 when you were in college, binge right. drinking, right? Yeah. Um, maybe doesn't fit into your life so well when you're 31, you know? And what oh, you're yeah. doing at 31 maybe doesn't fit so well into your life at 41. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think helps people is to know that there's always, you're always going through changes in life. And um, it's okay that, like, you were a binge drinker in college. You know, mm-hmm. it's fine. It doesn't mean you're doomed to do that for the rest of your life. At I didn't a certain get to point, you're going to start to college. feel like, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I, I think it's really, I think that's important. Like, there's so much that, that, I mean, the most obvious example is the labeling, the like, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, so many ways we feel like because we've done one thing at one point in our lives a certain way, they were doomed to do that forever. And I just don't think it's true. You look at so many things that people do differently in different stages of their life. Um, mm-hmm. now yeah, I'm I agree just, with that. Now I I'm just blabbing on about a lot of this stuff that we talk about. But, uh, but you know, as far as, like, I think it, a lot of it needs to be, like, simplified out there and, and really broken down to some common sense, like, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm talking I agree. Too much Thank you. Uh, you want to stay on? There's another caller on. You wanted me to put you on yeah. hold so you can just listen. Yeah. Or you want to stay on? Yeah, I'll listen. Okay, I'll put you in listen mode. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Steve, for calling in. Thanks for having me, Monica. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Right. Okay. I mean, I'll just All put right, you on. Bye. Okay. Bye. Hi, caller. Hello. Hi. Are you there? New York City. Hi, Carl, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, this is Salahuddin, a Sal from New York City. Uh, I committed to be a regular, you know, listener anyway. I didn't know I was in the queue, but um, yeah, I hope uh, you you would please give my regards to Kevin. I know he's your husband, isn't he? Yes, he is. You know, it's so funny. I I took your number down last week. I almost called you and I said, hey, you want to call in uh, and let's talk, you know. I I like your questions (laughs) and your comments and um, I'm glad you called in again. We're just having a free-for-all. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about all this? I think, again, this is a wonderful forum. I really appreciate it. I remember I, I listened to the archives before when I heard Steve Slate and spoke about his experience in uh, St. Jude's. And, and I always, you know, again, you having some ammunition when, you, when we communicate with the irrational statements and assumptions that the 12-steppers try to promote, that right. well, look at you know they say look at all the people we have in this program, 
you know, mm-hmm. that, that's a confirmation that, you know, that our program works. And, and what Steve, I remember what Steve talked about, his experience in, in St. Jude, that after a period of time, you know, working, you know, counseling there, they said, hey, you don't have to come anymore. And they told him that the key word, I mean, to me, this is a key statement, that if even if we hadn't been here, you would have done it on your own. That that's that's what I believe. That's what I believe about the twelve steppers. That those people who stayed in the program, even if there wasn't a twelve step program, they really would have done it on their own. And the twelve step program is taking credit for what these people would have done on their own. You know, yeah, so, so I, that. I go ahead. I'm sorry. To that, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah, I th- no, and I think another thing that he made a point is that one of the things, the contradictions of the 12-step program, they say, you know, keep it simple, stupid, you know, very, as you said, a very de- uh, uh, degrading, demoralizing, uh, invalidating statements that they use. Keep it simple. Well, in reality, the the, 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 the paradox is that, is that they actually complicate recovery to no end, that you have to jump through all these hoops in order to recover. They, they have all these associations, you know, you have to do service, you have to do a fourth and a fifth step, you have yeah. to help people, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, you know what? As a human being, the human the humanists say we're all basically good people. I don't need twelve and twelve to tell me that I should, you know, be kind to other people. If I'm not a sociopath, I'm going to do that anyway. So again, <laughs> I th- am I right or wrong? So I think the twelve step program actually takes credit for what people do normally. You know, I don't need right. all that. I don't. Yeah, go. Ahead. Oh go, my God, that's funny. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I was really relieved when I left that I didn't have to, you know, do any of that stuff. I found myself really angry. I was at a Buddhist temple and I was looking at the temple, you know, the altar and beautiful thing, and I started tripping out on like my past years, and I started adding up the hours that I had spent as a GSR, and and I thought, oh boy, we're gonna, we have to do some work on this, Monica, to <laughs> take back what I gave. So freely, and that I can redirect. You know, giving what what you what I've learned in Buddhism is that you know if you do if you do something with intention, it is so much more powerful than when you do something randomly. So an example, exactly what we're talking about, like, well, you know, you got to be of service because you know this is what keeps you sober, and you need to be you know make coffee, and you need to like you know take the phone calls and do all these like long litany of stuff. When the truth is, I looked around the room when my eyes were getting opened up, and I thought, how many people in this room of 50 women have been on a 12-step call, like in the Mm. last year, or in the last five years, or in the last 10 years? Nobody. Like maybe, okay, maybe, I don't know, 5% of us? So that means that that whole premise that you have to give it away to keep it to a, a, a wet drunk is a lie, right? So let's go to another level. What about all these people who have, like, never been, like, a secretary? They've never been a treasurer, whatever. Like, I used to think, oh, that's the key. Oh, my God, that's, you know, service is the key, right? <laughs> and I looked around the room, and, like, there's, like, a ton of people that have never service. <laughs> <laughs> they come in for their fix, you know? And mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I thought about that time, and I thought, you know, I can take back that energy. It's just a sort of a spiritual, well, it's it's a, it's just something somebody taught me and say, okay, I did all that, Monica, and I can take that service that I gave to humanity, even though I can't stand those that particular general service group of people that I had to be around, hmm. I still did that service for the good of somebody who was being 13 steps and sexually harassed. And so why don't I just refocus 
all that time, all those hours. And there were like hundreds of like a couple of hundred hours. I mean, I'm like sober like 36 years, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I was wow. just really mad. <laughs> and, and and then you really become free. They feel, you talk about in the fellowship, the goal is to become happy, joyous, and free. But are you really free if you if you if you're bound to these meetings and you live in fear, thinking that if you stop making meetings that you'll relapse? Is that really freedom? I think not. Yeah, that that's terrible. I think that whole that, that condescending. What is that arrogance? Like yes, that they know what's going to happen to people. That I don't like. Like that's really. That really rubs me the wrong way, like that jail institution debt, that if you don't do it this way, you know, then you can have all this. and you know, and It's very coercive. And, 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 yeah. and the, th- the therapists are using uh, motivational therapy, right? Every, everybody else has moved on to motivational therapy when it comes to motivational interviewing, when it comes to how a, a change agent or somebody, somebody who's a clinician tries to help someone who has problems with substance abuse or otherwise. But again, you know this atavistic, very backward, outmoded system, uh, you know approach to recovery. They're still mm-hmm. coercive in, in their attitude. You know, well, you're trying to use fear uh, and, and to to uh, get people's attention or to 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 uh, inspire them to submit or surrender to the program. It's not, as you said, the, the program of the twelve step is not trying to get you to surrender to your disease. They're trying to get you to surrender to their institution. So that mm-hmm. you will become a, an automaton, that you will simply become, you know, a lemming, and you'll just do their bidding. It has nothing to do with recovery. I was talking with somebody about, well, you know, it's not true. I was talking to somebody in the fellowship about, well, it's not actually true that you must, uh, you must maintain in order to keep the doors open that you have yeah. to do all these things. I said you don't mm-hmm. need to do that to stay sober. And the person right. said, well. We needed to tell the people that so we can keep the doors open. So I'm saying, you actually saying, admitting that you lied, the program lied, and it was self-serving, just so that people would keep coming to keep the doors open. I says, you have less faith in those uh, those secular institutions because they don't tell the the people who come to them for help that they have more faith than you do. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the smart recovery is not saying you need to keep coming. They say, well, after two years, if you want to leave, leave. You don't have to keep coming to stay sober. They don't lie to the people to keep them coming back. The twelve step does, right? The twelve steps, yeah. yeah the 12 I think, they have. I yeah. think that's, that's true. That is true. But I do think that, you know, I love that when I heard that first time I went to a smart recovery meeting, I was like, wow, these people are sane. And then I thought, you know, it there is a better sense of. Um, uh, healing when it's a small group and they can, mm. the groups will stay smaller maybe uh, hopefully there'll be more face-to-face meetings um in all cities and smart is growing i think there's over 600 meetings in the united states but i, I wanted to know a question do you have a book that say you meet somebody like new in your life i mean i, I run into them everywhere now people that are very dissatisfied with 12-step and they're like you know what are the alternatives and I met somebody the other day who didn't have a clue that there were, you know, other alternatives, and he has 28 <laughs> years in AA. What is your favorite book that if you ran into somebody that needed help that you would, you know, suggest for them to read right now? Uh, actually, it would be Trempy's small book. <laughs> that would be the first book. And then, you know, Trempy's small book, um, uh, maybe you heard of Marty Nicholas's book, you know, Life Ring. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have his uh, book and his workbook. You know, like I said, I've been sober over 15 years, but I'm still so 
I'm actually a counselor. You know, I'm a licensed social worker, but I'm not working in the field. I'm driving a taxi in New York now. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, you know, That's yeah. you, get to be, you get to talk to people all day long. All the time, all day. You know, I get to see people in Wall Street and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a gas, yeah. but I want to go back into the field. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, you sound like you – I was going to ask if you were a counselor. I would like to send you um, my cards that are um that's I just made new ones that says um is the twelve step not working for you and then mm. about empowered sobriety or empowered you know recovery and then on the back I've listed like all the alternatives you know smart and I'd love to if you want to email me sure um, I guess you can do it through the blog talk radio um make a safer at gmail.com, or you could go to, like, Stop 13 Step Blog, and, and then I, w- I would love to give you some, because if you're in a cab, you know, I mean, I run into women <laughs> everywhere I go, like, waxing, I was over at this beauty place, and, you know, I, I, the girl I was talking to just had a friend who was really unhappy, she was going to AA, but she couldn't stand um, uh, the religious aspect, and I said, well, here's a little card for her, and she was like really. It was kind of cool, you know. And as a woman, I mean, I guess guys too. You know, you talk and, um, hey, I have another caller on the line. You want to stay on, and we can sure, sure. Bring somebody else on. I'm sure. going to bring on Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, man, how you doing? I, I literally just tuned in a few minutes ago. I didn't have my uh, computer with me, so I just came online. I so I'm literally just coming in on the conversation here. So, how you doing? I'm I'm good. We have Sal on from New York. He was on. Hi, last Kev. How week. you doing, buddy? Hey, how you Sal. Doing, how you doing? Great. Good to hear from you, you again. <laughs> Same here, man. You said you were uh, driving in New York. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yellow taxi, dude. Yeah. Wow. That and I'm a cool. black guy too, by the way. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> I'm just coming in, so what's what's going on? Uh, what have I missed? Well, Sal, Steve Slate called in from New York, and um, I think he's still listening. It was so great because he was calling on the streets of the city. He just got out of Grand Central Station, and you could hear, like, sirens in the background and um, he's working up at St. Jude's now. Uh, he's not doing like his private thing, but he's, you know, just anyway. St. Jude's is one of the really good um, non-twelve-step uh, treatment centers. I don't—they don't even call it that, do they? I think. Um, and then Sal called in, and we were just kind of talking about, you know, just the punitive way that that people talk. And, and I was—you know—we were just discussing how. Like you're kind of fed that you got to do this or you're going to get drunk, you know, you got to be of service and you got to keep coming back for like 50 years. And Smart says, you know, probably maybe a couple of years and then you shouldn't need to come here anymore. That's kind of where we were at, Kevin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Like has, has anybody ever talked down to you at a meeting? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's, that's almost commonplace. <laughs> It's probably better, easier to ask who who hasn't talked down to you. I mean. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you give us an example of something? Well, I mean, you get these guys. I mean, what kills me is that you know you have old timers who have time, and they'll they'll you know they kind of pontificate and speak, and hmm. they'll go on like God knows you know they'll go on for like twenty five minutes. 
at a one-hour meeting, you know, when it's supposed to be a group-shared meeting, you know. And then uh, you'll have a guy who will come in for, you know, two months or six months, and they'll think they know everything about AA, you know, and start saying, <laughs> well, if you remember what it says on page 12, you know, dot, dot, dot. And Bill never said, you know, you know, hold hands after 6 o'clock or something. You know, some bull crap. I don't know. I'm just like, throwing that in there. But it's, it's just, uh, yeah, there's folks who know really how to talk to someone. You know, just like, you know, we are doing. And then there's folks that, that I've seen that just, you know, they hammer you and hammer you and hammer you with the, you know, all this rhetoric and, and you, know, the, you know, quotes from the big book. It's just, uh, you just want to hang yourself by the end of the meeting sometimes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's, you know, that's uh, interesting because, Kevin, I started with that, with the idea of suicide because, mm. you know, I had gotten this email before I started the show, and then we were talking to our realtor friend that talked about this police officer. And I do think that there is a bigger picture. You know, I do think that the blogging is so important when people leave. Like, Sal, did you find that you, did you blog, you know, to express you when you were, like, kind of done or not? Oh, actually, no. I mean, this is a long time ago. I really wasn't. Uh, aware of it, I just actually wound up going like into the military, <laughs> and oh, you know, wow. at first, Mike said so I just was so maybe something like Hank Hayes, but I, I wasn't an officer. But I just yeah. kind of kind of segued, and like I think like Steve Slate said, I just became very, got very busy and just you know found meaning in life elsewhere. And I just mm-hmm. really revisited you know my experience with the twelve step program because you know it, it was to me the you know, recover, my introduction to the 12 steps was in itself very traumatic for me. You know, I was desperate for help and support, and, you know, what I got was, you know, condescension, as you said, arrogance, and, and people who really were, were not showing me any real concern. Uh, it seemed that they were more trying to um, uh, degrade me. I mean, the attitudes that they had were... were just so so hurtful that you know I, when I came back and as I said I met people when I came got out of the military in '97 and I you know would just go back and I had maintained some contact with some of the people in AA right. and uh, you know and I just I just felt you know just started reading recovery literature even though I didn't really feel like like I wasn't in recovery anymore I just felt like I was free I mean I had recovered yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I just didn't comprehend, like, why, you know, people are still coming back. And then when I started reading it, and I was like, you know, wow, this is wild. I mean, I, I, I know my experience wasn't unique, you know, but there were still people living in fear. And I was like, wow, they don't really have to do this. And I tried to talk to some yeah. of the people that I knew, and their, their right. attitude was like they were disbelieving. First of all, they believed that I was well, I was sober, but they, their attitude was that you must be a dry drunk, you know. And they were constantly trying to get me to come back to the fellowship so that I could be happier and I felt dude really I'm happier than you I mean I don't feel I don't feel I'm not unhappy at all you know and but their attitude was that well you must be unhappy because you aren't making meetings and you know and then I found that these alternatives and you know realized that it, as you said it's a cult and I just kind of moved on now, Did you go to your first meetings in New York City? Yeah, yeah, first so meetings Where in were New York those City. meetings? Uh like uh you, you you mind me telling the, like the names of the meetings? Yeah, I mean, however, well, however you well, want. Well, like yeah. first things first on Ninety Sixth Street, I went to uh, uh, you know Perry Street Workshop, Midnight Madness on Houston. You know, um, I did made meetings in Queens local meetings. You know, St. Rose of Lima, um, in Rockaway. I did a whole bunch of different meetings, and uh, you know, um, 
most of the meetings I enjoyed, you know, Amsterdam Group and Manhattan, you know, and I think in Manhattan you get a, a people a bit more open-minded, a bit maybe uh, like in in the hinterland, so to speak, in, the, in the outlying boroughs, they're more like you know more provincial with their yeah. approach to recovery. But there are a lot of, I mean, I went to really found like I went to a, a what is it? Uh, it's a meeting on not not the fireside, you know, fireside at the Y, off of the. Um, uh, no. Yeah, that's off of uh, Central Park. Uh, but I made a meeting off of Central Park West. It was a uh, we agnostic group, and virtually everybody there was atheist. And I'm not an atheist, but they were so open-minded, and yeah. you know, and the individual I met had had a friend there who was making a meeting there. Came a good friend of mine. And he actually was the first who told me about these alternatives, you know. And wow. uh, but there was just a yeah. time really where I just go to twelve-step meetings just just to socialize, and that was just about it. Because I have friends right. in the fellowship, and I didn't look at it as an issue of recovery. It was just like a great, because you know, honestly, as Monica said, you know, a lot of people are really going there just just to hang out and party, and their goal simply is to thirteen step. I wasn't there to thirteen step. Let me <laughs> let me put that yeah. in and let you know that. But you know, it was about socializing, going to social, uh, sober clubs and stuff. So there was a period in my life where, you know, particularly when I got out of the army in '97, I just hung around twelve step program just to socialize. Although I really didn't have a substance abuse problem anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of my history. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I went to meetings up in um, way northern Manhattan in Inwood. And then when I was very young, so it was back in the 70s, and then I would go down to the village to, like, this friend's meeting house, and there were, like, considered a young person's meeting. The Quakers, and they were, the, Quakers the friends? Yeah, they, and they were kind of culty, and I was, like, really rebellious, and they would start to, like, boss me around and tell me that I couldn't go to the bar after the meeting. And I said, I would quote the big book, and I'd be like, you know, it says I can go to whoopee parties if I'm spiritually fit you know, guys, and so I got up this morning and meditated, and I'm spiritually fit, so I'm going to the bar to hang out with, I mean, I just, I knew every part of that book that made sense to some of their crazy, crazy shit they said to me, and, you know, I was talking to this woman today, and I realized, she goes, well, you know, nobody said to me early on, like, you know, you need a sponsor, or, you know, how many meetings I should go to. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. If if that would have been, you know, proposed to me in 1975, I would have said, excuse me, and I would have left. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of evolved into a very culty, um, those aspects, whether they came from the Pacific group uh, spreading around the country or rehab and treatment, inf- inf- you know, f- infiltrating, whatever the word is, and, you know, the facts that you have a judge. Like, we, I have stories. Like, I have a couple of binders full of stories in the news. You know, there's one where it says a judge asked them, like, did, did that, you know, he needed, did he have a sponsor? And they were, you know, sentenced to a, a session. And we're like, what? An AA session? We're, like, all laughing, going, there's no such thing as an AA session. It's unprofessional. There's no professionals there. It's the blind leading the blind. It's, like, ridiculous to call it Oh my God! A judge like take your cloak off and come with me and put your baseball cap on and let's go to a meeting and you can see what's really going on there, Mister. Let's why don't you bring your granddaughter with you and leave her there? Wow! Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they might... you know, I never. It's hard. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Like the format, and so Kev, you know, you Monica, you know. 
it's like unlike any other type of peer support group, you know, you go to a 12-step meeting, you share from the floor, somebody qualifies, there's no feedback. They call it crosstalk. I like to, again, semantically, let's say feedback, which is good. So you go there, you're supposedly reaching out to get some support, some help, so maybe some information, moral support. And that doesn't seem to be the, the, the best type of modality way to get support. I just share from the floor for three to five minutes. Everybody's sharing from the floor for three to five minutes. Nobody's giving any feedback. Right. What benefit do you get from that just by emoting? What benefit yeah, do you get from that? Yeah, I think that it's very unhealthy. Um, I think that the dynamic, what I saw when I went back for the last three months that I went last spring, is I watched that dynamic and I could see that it was sick for me compared to mm. smart. Like I thought, what, how does this help? Like there's this, and the same people talk, and somebody tried to change the format so that the, the top 12 who spoke every week um, mm. who were always having their hands up maybe wouldn't get to share every week, and then they were like, mm. oh, no, we can't do that. No. So that maybe the shy people would get to speak. I agree with you. I think it's um it's an unhealthy and it's an antiquated paradigm and it's an antiquated format and we are seeing the changes with these books that are new and forthcoming, you know, from Amy Lee's book to Hank Hayes's book, um Dee, Dee Stout's book on harm reduction. Uh and I think that the activism that I'm interested in is getting the word to to judges and to parole officers that all of them need to see what the alternatives are. They need to be educated and that we need to go to it at every level, you know, whether it's, you know, you contacting your um, senators and your assembly people and saying, you know, are you, everybody knows somebody who's either mm. had a problem or is having a problem with drinking or maybe slow drugging or something and say, are you aware that those are alternatives to 12-step mm. and that they're non-secular and that they're, like, you don't have to say you're an alcoholic and you don't have to say you're powerless? Do you know that? Mm. And they go, no. That's, and I want to, you know, is, there could be some ads we could get out there on television if it's on mm. late night and there could be radio spots, PSAs. PSAs. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And Kevin can do the voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do it as Gandolfini, Kevin. No. <laughs> Kevin? Yeah. There's 12 steps. You freaking try something else. I'm going to call you Jane Gandolfini. We got Jane Gandolfini there. Um, we have got five minutes left. Um, anybody else want to call in? There are a few guests out there. Hi, welcome in the chat room. Um, it's 818 475 9211 818 475 9211 I hope, Sal, that you email me, and I would love to send you these new sure. postcards uh, that when they come out, you know, you could have them in your taxi, and mm-hmm. then if, you know, if it, if it comes up, you'll have this, you know, little card that says, mm-hmm. you know, the alternatives, and um, I think each person... When we tell one person, you can assume that ten more people are going to now know. Excellent. Right? Yes, definitely. I think so. Uh, Kevin, you want to say anything else? Not a question for Sal, if I may. Yeah. So, you, you, 
you said you went to a couple of meetings because you liked, uh, I guess, some of the people there. Do you miss, like, some of your friends that you've made uh, from a couple of those meetings, like, you know, the people you had a good rapport with, you know, good camaraderie with and stuff? I, I, it's actually, like, when I got out of the, the, the military, I did, I missed them, yeah, because, again, you know, I guess that stage of my life, you know, I mean, my you know, reflecting back on my recovery process and, uh, you know, segueing into the military when I came out. But honestly, I think, you know, I don't want to sound elitist or arrogant, but I just outgrew most of them, you know, because, they, oh, yeah. you know, they just stayed in the fellowship and they had, I remember Monica said about that, you know, that 25-word vocabulary that, they, you know, they really, yeah. there's nothing more to communicate with them about. And, and when I tried to introduce, like, discuss anything outside of AA that may be relevant to recovery, they looked at me like I was an apostate, you know, and, and you know, there was yeah. a heretic that needed to be, you know, burned at the stake, so I had to leave them alone. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, really. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying that. My pleasure, bro, really. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see. How much time do we have? 90 seconds or something? No, no, three minutes. Go ahead, Kevin. It's like three and a half minutes. No, I'm just saying I had a friend that I knew, too, was sober, and I, you know, invited him over to come to our house and say hello. And I just literally just wanted to see how he was and talk about life. And he kept segueing to higher power, and this is what's going (laughs) on. And. I was just like, I literally just wanted to talk and just say, hey, you know what I mean, to a friend and say, how are you doing? What's going on? What, you know, how's the marriage? You know, uh, how's the puppy? How's what's going on? But it just kept, you know, it kept segueing back to, you know, like, you know, well, the program and this. And I was like, I felt like I was taking crazy pills, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, it just, uh, so when you said that, it, you know, I, it's kind of weird because I'm wondering, you know, is it the same phase? that I'm going through outgrowing this uh, relationship. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of, it, it, you know, it's sad because there were some guys that I, you know, really befriended, you know, I had some great camaraderie hanging out with them, and I do miss them, but I still want to go into a conversation about this uh, when I just literally want to talk to them about, you know, life and how's it going. You know, I don't want every, you know, third word or other sentence to be, well, you know, on step four or step five, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, if I ask him what time it is, if I ask him what time it is, I go, "Well, did you go to a meeting?" That's true. Something like that. You know what did I mean? Did you call your sponsor? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really that's a good comedy in all of this. I got to tell you. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, wow. It's. Uh, you know, uh, I want to thank everybody. We've got about a minute and a half left. And just uh, I want to thank Stephen Slate. Thank you, Stephen, for calling in. And uh, go to the Clean Slate. That's his website. And put a plug in for St. Jude's um, treatment um, place. That's not called a treatment place of upstate New York. That's non-12-step. And a little plug for Practical Recovery, Tom Horvath's place in San Diego. It's a beautiful place. I went to see it. And um, thank you, Sal, so much for My calling pleasure. in. And yeah, I hope you email me. Okay, thank so you, I'll Kev, keep some cards and keep calling in. And uh, thank you, thank you, Kevin. And thanks so everybody too, and Monkey Ghost and FKABB and everybody else out there in the chat room for calling in and supporting. Um, you know uh, all that we're doing, and uh, I really appreciate it. And we'll see you all next week. Remember that there's other choices 
there's Smart Recovery, there's Women for Sobriety, there's um, SOS, there's Rational Recovery, and there's lots of great books. And uh, we will remember it's empowered, empowered, not powerless. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. Take care. Bye. Say hi to New York for me, Sal. I will. <laughs> say hi to all those protesters. I'm like, woo! Can I, I say one more thing? Yeah, Going to an AA 12-step AA meeting is like is like being in a room filled with Stuart Smallies. Can you imagine that? <laughs> a room of Stuart Smallies. Can you tolerate that? A life and do that day in, day out for the rest of your life and see what, what how that would trans. What would you transform into? <laughs> oh God, oh, I can't do it, man. I love that character, but you know, you know what? Absolutely not. So yeah, I dye my hair blonde and start wearing sweaters. <laughs> Just because you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it. <laughs> People like me, right? Oh my God! Thank you Great so show. much, guys. Thanks, Bye. Al. Thanks, Bye, Kevin. Family. Good night, Bye -bye. everybody. Bye, Kev. Bye, Monica. Bye. -bye. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye.